All right. Well, again, happy Mother's Day. You know, it is a unique Mother's Day indeed, and uh, we always love and appreciate and value the support and the love and the sacrifice that, that moms and mothers have, but I think especially this year, it is pretty fitting to make sure that you are feeling honored and loved. That's why we wanted to, to do the, the gift at Big B, because uh, with all the craziness going on in the world, we know that you probably more than anything, if you're a mom, you're sacrificing so much. You know, you, if you're working, you're working. You're also, if you have younger kids, you're, you're homeschooling. You're probably trying to keep track of your family. If you're like my wife, you know, you also have to babysit your husband who's home a little bit more than usual, which is like a full-time job in in our household. And so uh, it it is a a special time to celebrate you, and we hope that you feel honored and loved and supported. And and we also know, you know, as we celebrate today and as we're extremely thankful for mothers, we know that today can be a little bit of a hard day for some of us as well. It can be a really hard day for some of us. Maybe there's, there's pain or there's hurt from a relationship that's not quite where we hoped it would be. Or I know oftentimes there's many women that struggle with infertility or even miscarriages during this time, and that can be extremely hard to swallow. Or maybe you've lost your mother recently, and so uh, this day and the remembrance of it is a little hard. There, there can be many different reasons why today is both a day for joy and for celebration, but also a little bit of a sad and emotional day as well. But I think one thing that we, we all know and one thing that we would all agree with on this Mother's Day is that, that moms and mothers, they give us a picture and they give us a glimpse into the heart of God. You know, there's something so powerful about the sacrifice that mothers make from the, from the very beginning, from the moment of conception to, to carry us inside their womb and the sacrifices they make even with their body. And as we go on throughout life, so oftentimes mothers, they, they put us before themselves. And so that's why we, we honor them on this day, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what your emotions are. And as we celebrate Mother's Day today, and we think about that idea of sacrifice and that idea of service, we want to look at a passage in Scripture where Jesus models for us what it truly is to be a sacrificial servant. We're going to look at John 13 today, and it's a a pretty famous passage where Jesus sacrifices and serves in a way that really blew his disciples away. John 13 is a passage where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And I think just in that, like, that phrase that Jesus washed his disciples' feet, we can see that that was a big sacrifice because, uh, I don't know about you, but I think feet are pretty gross, usually. Feet are pretty nasty. In fact, we're going to try this just since it's a little bit different. You might be at home with either your roommates or your family or friends. Just right now, don't get too distracted, but point to the person, the five people in the audience can do this too, point to the person in your family or that you're with that has the stinkiest feet. And see if you guys can all agree on, on that. Uh, I, I think that in my family, you know, I kid my kids about this all the time. We have three kids, but our, one of our sons, I'm not going to call him out, but he said I could share this. He loves to run around outside without shoes on. Like even if it's snowing almost, we have to force this kid to put shoes on. He loves to be outside barefoot. And so oftentimes he'll come in from playing in the yard or playing sports or, or just messing around in the yard and his feet will be like caked with dirt. They will be just just full of mud and nastiness, and he'll walk in and tromp it all over the floor, and so we'll say, go wash your feet. And, and even as his dad, like, I'm not touching those things. You have to go wash your own feet. And yet we see Jesus here washing 
the feet of his disciples. And I think it leads us to our big idea. And then we're going to unpack the heart of Jesus and how he truly was a servant. Our big idea is this. When we serve others, we not only bless them, but we are blessed as well. So when we serve others, when we walk in the footsteps of Jesus and we serve others and we sacrifice and we put them before ourselves, we not only bless them, but we actually are blessed as we serve. And Jesus is going to say those very words and encourage us to model what he did as he washed his disciples' feet. And so let's open up to John chapter 13. If you have Bibles, you can follow along with us in this passage. John chapter 13 We'll start in verse 1, and it says this. It says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the evening meal was in progress, and they had already prompt, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into the basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I want to stop right there because I think it tells us our first point. Our first point is this, that Jesus is our perfect example of a selfless servant. Jesus is our perfect example of a selfless servant. Now, now we have to remember and think about the context during that time. Foot washing was something that was a little bit more common during that time. And if you can picture 2,000 years ago, didn't have the transportation that we, didn't, that we have, didn't obviously have cars or even bicycles, they couldn't jump on a plane. And so the, the primary mode of transportation was you would walk. They didn't have shoes and socks like we have now, so they would walk with open-toed sandals, and they would be walking, you know, a mini miles throughout the the course of their life and even just as they were working in their everyday life. And so one of the jobs of the lowest servants, one of the jobs of of really the slaves of the household that during those times many people had was to wash the feet of their masters. The lowest servant's job was to wash the feet for their masters when they would come in after they were out walking and after they were out working. And here we see Jesus doing that for his disciples. But what's, what's really interesting about this, this passage is that Jesus is doing this at a time in his life that had to be extremely hard and extremely trying. It's, it's John 13, and this is just 24 to 48 hours before Jesus would go to the cross. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. And and so this is kind of like some of his last moments with his best friends, the people that had been following him for years, the people that that he had served beside and and went to the trenches of ministry with. And, and, And Jesus, instead of thinking about only himself, instead of spending that time lamenting what was about to come, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, listen, I want to do something for you that I want you to do for others. I want to serve you in a way that's almost humiliating. I want to serve you in a way that is so sacrificial that there can be no doubt what I'm doing. I'm setting an example for you to make sure that you know that you can serve others. See, Jesus was in this time of crisis in his life, and yet he continued to look at others. 
And I want to just ask you to think about that question within your own life. And I want to think about that question even in my life. When, when you're in times of crisis, do you look to serve others or do you only look to serve yourself? I think sometimes human nature is when everything kind of goes crazy and chaos comes into our life or crisis comes into our life, human nature is to look out for number one. Human nature is to look out for yourself first and make sure that you take care of you and only you. But Jesus, in the darkest moment of trial and pain and suffering, knowing what was about to come, death by crucifixion, crucifixion looks around to his friends and his disciples and says, I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to wash your feet. He's a perfect example of this amazing sacrifice and this amazing love. Let's, let's open up and see what the disciples' response is. John chapter 13, verse 6 says, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my, my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said, not every one of you is clean. Here's the second thing that this story teaches us, that Jesus always knows best. Jesus always knows best. I'm sorry, moms. I know it's your day. I know the phrase is moms always know best. But, but actually, as we open up the pages of Scripture, and I think most of you would agree with this, Jesus actually is the one who always knows best. Something gets a little bit lost in the translation here in John chapter 13, and we don't quite see it in the English like we would have in the Greek. But Peter, when he's talking to Jesus, those words, you and and my, are like emphatic. And so Peter's like, Lord, you? You are going to wash my feet? There's this emphasis and this emphatic nature of his language that's saying it's almost like he's indignant. How in the world, Lord, can you the God of the universe who created everything, how can you wash my feet? He couldn't wrap his mind around how, how this, this amazing man would be taking such a low role in his life. And, and I think as, as we think about that, we, we look at this example of Peter rebuking Jesus it's like Peter's like, no, no, listen, I know the rules. I know how this is supposed to work. You're, you're doing the wrong thing, Jesus. I, I have it figured out. That's not how our world works. You're not supposed to be in the position down on your hands and knees washing my feet, but I'm supposed to be the one doing that for you. So Peter rebukes Jesus. Peter thinks that he knows better than Jesus. He thinks that he has it all figured out, but I think this story tells us, no, that's, that's not the case. Jesus actually knows best. He was setting an example. And I think even big picture, when we, when we think about that phrase, that Jesus knows best, I wonder how many times in our own life we can relate to Peter. I wonder how many times in our own life where maybe we wouldn't say it as emphatically as Peter, but, but we are kind of rebuking Jesus when circumstances or things come into our life that we're not that comfortable with or that we don't think that we would have done it that way. 
Maybe even in this season that we're in, you know, we, we could ask the question where we could be rebuking Jesus. Jesus, why are you putting me in this situation? Jesus, why have I lost my job? Why do I feel so isolated? Why am I in this situation where my relationship may seem like it's falling apart? Whatever the case may be, many of us in our heart of hearts were tempted, just like Peter here, to rebuke Jesus. Because deep down, we're tempted to think that we know better than God. And deep down, we're tempted to think that, that, that our plans for our own life actually would work out better if God would just let us pursue our own plans rather than him continually intervening and making the situations happen like they do. And yet we see Jesus say, listen, I have a plan for this, Peter. And I was thinking about that even this week. And, and, and some of you have heard us talk about this. If you're part of uh, our H2O church here at Bowling Green or maybe even uh, part of our network, you know our friend John Draghi. He came and spoke here back in October uh, at H2O BG. And, and you just think about a, a guy who's just modeled submission to the Lord throughout his lifetime. And, and uh, about 18 months ago, he was diagnosed with, with brain cancer that's incurable. And um, even within this last week, you know, we've been praying for a miracle. And it doesn't seem like that miracle is going to happen. This last week, they even put out a video. He's sleeping 23 hours a day. And it seems like he's in his last moments of life. And, you know, the thing that, I, that I've just loved watching John model throughout this whole process from the beginning even to now when he can barely speak is, is how he, he's always trusted that Jesus knows best. He, he's taken this assignment that for whatever reason has fallen on his lap and, and, and he said, God, I'm going to trust you in the middle of this even though I may not like it, even though I wouldn't have written the script this way, God, I'm going to submit my life and my plans to you, and I'm going to give every last breath I have to praising and honoring and submitting to you. And it's been an encouragement to me just to watch him live and now even to watch him sadly be in the spot where he's dying, but he's continuing saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your plan for my life. I'm, not, I'm going to choose not to get angry or bitter or mad or second guess you, and I'm going to trust you and follow you because Jesus knows best. But do you catch what Jesus said to Peter that I think was extremely profound? And this is how all of us can have hope, including our friend John right now. Jesus says, listen, you're not clean unless I wash you. You're not clean unless I wash you. And here's where Jesus kind of, he oftentimes would do this, but he turns it from this physical thing that he was doing, like washing their feet, to the spiritual metaphor, which is just as true as the physical thing that's going on with, with their feet in this moment. And what Jesus says is, I am the only one who can make you clean. And I think that that is such a powerful thing for us to hear and to remember because it is good news. We talk about the gospel. What does the gospel mean? We, we've said this before, but the gospel means good news. And there is good news for all of us that Jesus wants to bring us into a relationship with him. Jesus wants to make us clean. And so we have to recognize and realize and come and submit to him. The good news is this. None of us are too dirty to be washed clean by Jesus. Not any of us are too dirty. Nothing that we've done is too far gone. Nothing that we've ever done would push God away from us where he won't want to come to us and make us new and make us clean. And when we come to Jesus and we trust him to clean us and to make us new, we don't just get a, a better version of our old self. We get a brand new life. 
We get to walk in the fullness of the gospel that comes from following and trusting Jesus. And it is something so powerful. You see, it's sad that, that some of us feel like we've done way too much for God to be able to, to make us new or to clean us up. Some of us were running from God because there's so much guilt and there's so much shame for the past and the things that we've either said or done or even more sad, had done to us. And we think, God could never love me. God could never draw near to me. God could never make me clean, so to speak. But Jesus says, listen, I can and I will and I want to. But you have to be willing for me to, to wash you. So some of us fall into this camp, but you know, there's another extreme as well. Jesus wants us to know that, that none of us are too dirty to be washed, but he also wants us to know that none of us are so clean that we don't need washed by him. And when you think about the pendulum of life that many of us can fall into, some of us have so much guilt and shame that we're running from God, and others of us, we have so much pride and arrogance that we think, I don't even really need God. I don't need God to clean me. I don't need God to make me new. But Jesus' words are true for every single one of us. None of us are too dirty, but none of us are too clean. We all need Jesus to make us new, to wash us, and allow us to come into an abundant life, an abundant relationship with him. That's the gospel, that he came to this earth. He sat in the upper room on the night before he was betrayed and went to the cross, and he told his disciples about this good news, and in turn, he's telling each one of us, we can have a relationship with him. We can come to him in faith, and when Jesus went to the cross, he was perfect. He's the only one of us who was perfectly clean, and yet he got punished by death, sent to the cross, crucified, and killed, and yet he rose to new life, and so defeated death, proving that he, in fact, is the only one who can make us clean. This is the good news of the gospel, and every single one of us can accept it if we allow Jesus to wash us clean. Let's look at the final part of this passage. In verse 12, it says this. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is no messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. See, the third and final thing is this. Part of following Jesus is blessing others. Part of following Jesus is walking in his footsteps and blessing and serving others. You know, it's interesting because some, some traditions, some denominations take these words of Jesus here in John 13, and, and they, they think that Jesus was literally commanding us to still wash one another's feet. And so just like we would take communion or, or, or just like we would, we would do baptism, they, they actually have like a, a sacrament of, of washing people's feet during church services sometimes. And, and I'm obviously not against that, but I don't necessarily think that's what Jesus was saying and doing right here. I don't think he was giving us another sacrament. What I think that Jesus was doing was saying, I want you to follow my example. I want you to be willing to take the position of a servant. 
I want you to do things that allow others to thrive and move forward that may even come at your expense. There may even be times where there's pain that comes with sacrificing and serving. And I don't want you to shy away from that. I actually want you to embrace that. And in those moments where you sacrifice and serve and love others and push them forward and closer to me, those are the moments when you'll experience me. And so not only are you blessing them, but you yourself will be blessed as you serve and you sacrifice for others. See, God blesses his servants not so much for what they know, not so much for all the knowledge that they have. Knowledge is important. It's extremely important. But, but God truly blesses us by our response to the knowledge that we have. Do we actually live out the power of the gospel in our daily lives? Do we look for ways to serve the people that we spend the most time with? Do we look for ways to support and encourage and serve our family? Do we look for ways to support and encourage our roommates and the people that we work with? Are we finally and always trying to find ways to push other people closer to Jesus, even if it means sacrificing some of our own personal comfort some of our own personal pride, and some of the things that we value most. When we do those things, we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. See, our happiness in life, it comes from obedient service to Jesus. Our joy, our blessing in life comes from walking with the Lord and serving others. And that is something that oftentimes our world won't tell you. Oftentimes the world tells us blessing or happiness comes from pursuing your own good only and looking out for yourself and looking out for number one. And yet Jesus sets this example. No, it's not always about that. It's about serving God and serving others, being sacrificial and experiencing the joy that comes in partnering with God and walking with him and inviting other people into a relationship with him, you know. Back to Mother's Day, I think that that's why this is such an important day. So many of us have witnessed moms who do that, who, who put others before themselves, who put their kids before themselves, and it's something that we look at and, and we have a lot of admiration for. And, and when we get to experience that, not just on Mother's Day, but when we get to experience that as we live out the Christian life, there is so much joy and abundant life that comes from walking and the footsteps of Jesus. So our hope and our prayer for you is that you would follow Jesus, that you would put others before yourself oftentimes, that you would look for ways to serve in any way that you can, and that you would experience the abundant joy that comes from walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ himself, the God of the universe, who took the role of a servant so that he could draw others to him. Let me pray for us as we continue to worship here together today. God, we thank you uh, for this powerful message of the reality that, that, Lord, you, the God of the universe, took the nature of a servant. You came and not only did you wash the disciples' feet, but you went to the cross and died a death that you didn't deserve because you love us. God, as we experience you, Lord, would you help us to to model our lives after you? Would you help us to be sacrificial servants who look for ways to point people towards you? God, would you help us to grow in our ability to, to set aside our own selfish desires and come in line with your will for our life? God, we thank you for 
this beautiful day that we get to celebrate mothers and moms. And in their, in their sacrifice, we get just a little glimpse of your love and power. And so God, we pray that you would help us to be a church gathered and scattered together all over really this country, Lord. God, that you would help us to point people towards you through the way that we love and through the way that we serve. God, we thank you for the example you've set for us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.